Welcome to the Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church and theology and faith related. My vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in their communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. It's possible, folks. In this podcast, I'll talk about everything that is moving me in relation to church and theology, hopefully to empower you in your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and your personal growth in Christ. Today, I wanted to address the subject of why do we sing? A case for Christian worship through singing. So why do we sing? Why do Christians sing in worship? What's the point? Hardly any other group or club or community sings together. I've thought about this a lot lately. Uh, I love singing, honestly. Uh, I singing in the shower, in the car, with my kids. I love singing. I have mostly all my, all my adult life loved singing to Jesus through worship. I've lately come across more and more men and some women uh, who are a little reticent to sing. They're real reluctant. It's not their thing. Or they're, most, like most men, they don't care for singing altogether. Uh, it seems a case needs to be made for why we as Christians ought to sing. I've thought about, okay, hold your breath, 14 reasons why we should sing. First of all, the Bible commands us to. It commands us in Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.18-19. through 19. It's pretty clear that the new community of Christ sang, and it did so in obedience to God. And love for Christ. The early church sang as a rule, and these passages here command us to sing together. Let's look at Colossians 3.16. I'm going to flip, if you don't mind, my Bible rustling. That's what means we're learning and listening to God when we open our words and try to hear from Him. So, Colossians 3. 16 says it this way, Let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. That's uh, actually 3, 16 and 17. So, um, it's a command. Uh, Second, it reminds us of God's Word. That same passage in Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs like we read. From this passage, it's clear that the Word of Christ ought to dwell richly in us. It includes admonishing and singing. How do we let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly? First, by teaching or admonishing each other, and then second, through singing. Singing is a teaching tool. So as we sing through worship, it reminds us of God's Word, and hopefully your worship times are full and rich and filled with God's Word. So sing songs as well that are rich and full. Uh, Third, 
It's our emotional connection to God. First of all, we're commanded to be emotionally connected to God. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said it this way, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. No matter how you spin it, love's an emotion. We do make decisions to love, but if you're not emotional about the object of your love, then I would say that your love is lacking something uh, integral to a healthy love. It's a total love, a full love. And what Jesus describes is deeply emotional. And singing helps us stir our emotions. Hope you're doing that. Uh, Singing is an emotional tool. It stirs up that emotion for Christ. Fourth, it is a way to show our affection for Christ. In the same way uh, as being emotionally connected, we must foster and fan into flame the fire of that affection for Christ. Singing to anyone is an affectionate thing. That's why people have sang and written love songs for centuries. (laughs) And that's why we listen to love songs together with wives, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends. We love to increase our affection, or else they wouldn't be popular. (laughs) But why, when it comes to singing to the creator of the heavens and the earth, do we suddenly get tongue-tied? This should not be. Loosen your tongue and sing your affection for Christ. You can't love Christ too much. You can't think about Him too much or thank Him too much or depend on Him too much or sing to Him too much. All our righteousness is in Christ, and that should make us rejoice with affectionate singing. Fifth reason we should sing as Christians is because Jesus did. If Jesus sang then we should too. He is our Lord and Master. He's our head worship leader. You might ask, wait a minute, Um, he's God. What did he sing about? Did he worship himself? (laughs) Uh, No, he sang in his example to show us that singing is necessary in worship. Of course, singing is not all of worship, but like Jesus, he didn't neglect it either. A healthy diet is only healthy if you eat a a lot of different things, not just one sort of thing. We need a balanced diet of worship. And Jesus showed us how. He prayed and he sang with his disciples. And when they, it says in uh, Matthew uh, 26, 30, um, and also in Mark uh, 14, 26, we can turn there. Real quick, Matthew 26, verse 30. Now, this was right before Christ's death. And it says that they, they had had the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper. Um, and then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. So Jesus sang with his disciples as an example. The writer of Hebrews quotes scripture and writes it as if it, as if it were Jesus speaking, saying, I will tell you of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. That's in Hebrews 2, verse 12. In Romans, Paul also writes as if Jesus were the one speaking in the scriptural quote, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. 
and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. That's Romans 15, 8 through 9. So Jesus will and continues to lead worship by glorifying God's name through singing. Sixth reason that we should sing in worship is that the generations of saints have sang before us. Uh, if this is true, we can actually join the throngs, the thousands upon thousands of saints who have gone before us. Uh, Augustine said it this way, The clouds of heaven thunder out throughout the world what, that God's house is being built, and the frogs cry from the marsh, We alone are Christians. What testimonies do I bring forward? That, that of the Psalter. I bring forward what you sing as one deaf. Open ears. You sing this. You sing with me, and you agree not with me. Your tongues sound what mine does, and yet your heart disagrees with mine. Do you not sing this? It's, his, it's found in his exposition of Psalm 96. Tertullian, uh, also church father, said about the martyrdom of Perpetua, Perpetua sang psalms, already treading underfoot the head of the Egyptian. It was in the, found in the martyrdom of Perpetua and Felicitas Schaffs. Clement of Alexandria also said, uh, talked about the importance of singing, but let amatory songs be banished far away and let our songs be hymns to God. Let them praise, it is said, his name in, in the dance and let them play to him on the timbrel and psaltery. And what is the choir that plays? The Spirit will show you. Let his praise be in the congregation of the saints. Let them be joyful in their king. And again, he adds, the Lord will take pleasure in his people for temperate harmonies are to be admitted. Eusebius summarizes Christian worship this way, the singing of psalms and recitation of other such words as have been given us from God. In Revelation, John the Revelator also has a vision of what will happen before the throne of God in heaven. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and nation and people. That's found in Revelation 5, 8-9. through So let's join the throngs of saints who have come before us and will follow us with singing. The seventh reason we ought to sing is, is the test of spiritual maturity. People who sing often to Jesus show that they are mature, Jesus-loving Christians. Those who make excuses not to sing, in my experience, should question why they would make excuses not to worship the one absolutely worthy of being sung to. Jesus said, He who is forgiven little loves little. And that's found in Luke 7.47. And so when we do not return love to Jesus in song, it shows the world outside that we think very little of Jesus. My question to you today, listener, is do you love him? Then you'll act like a crazy person singing love songs. The eighth reason that we ought to sing 
as Christians is the church is one of the only places in culture where communal singing takes place. It's a great thing and community building to sing together. Have you ever been to a concert where everyone in the whole audience was singing together every word of the songs? There's an incredible community building component when we sing together. I remember going to see U2 in the Oakland Coliseum uh, many years ago. And when it came to the time for you to play you two to play their very popular song where the streets have no name, we all shouted the lyrics together. It was amazing, even exhilarating. It was community. It's the way church ought to be. The one place where regular communal singing takes place is in the church. And we should engage in it for our own sake and for the sake of the communal experience in giving God glory together. The ninth reason I found why we ought to sing is that you build up the body of Christ with encouragement through singing. Let's turn to Ephesians 5.19 if you have your Bible. Galatians, Ephesians, and it's Ephesians 5 verse 19. Uh, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. So we ought to address one another. We ought to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I remember a good uh, buddy of mine, Adrian Dupre, an awesome evangelist. He used to sing all the time. The guy would like talk to me in song. Whenever I'd go around uh, with him to an event where he'd be preaching or something, he'd like sing to me. Like, like, oh, the guy was a nutball. Um, but it was awesome, actually. It just he discipled me with that in worship by doing that. Um, and and in our worship through singing, we address one another. We speak to one another. It's an encouragement to us. It's a form of submission, actually, to each other's needs. As this passage further points out, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why would we neglect something? That is so integral and important for the one-anothering of the church. So build each other up through singing. The tenth reason that I've uh, come up with why we ought to sing, it's a missionary act. You say, like, wait, what are you talking about? Um, In Psalms 105, chapter 105, verses 1 through 2, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. This passage in Psalms shows us how singing is an opportunity to tell people of God's wondrous works. And it's making him known to an unbelieving world. So my question is, do you want to be a missionary and make Christ known? If you do, then sing. The uh, 11th reason I found, singing is a direct attack on the enemy. What does Satan hate more than anything? He hates God. And so it follows that he would hate anything that would give glory to God because Satan is ultimately a glory stealer. And so when we sing to God, we give him glory and steal it from Satan. Thus it follows that Satan hates worship through music. And it also is a direct attack on Satan's glory-stealing attempts. It's very hard to sin while you're singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Satan would love to see you sin. And as a Christian, I found that almost impossible to sin when I'm worshiping God through song. 
Every time in ministry where I've dealt with demonic or every or enemy powers in some way, I've asked the rest of the body to cry, of Christ to sing and pray while we're dealing with those situations. So sing. It hurts the enemy, and it's a direct attack on him. The twelfth reason I found that singing is a preparation and, in, and for encouragement during trials. What did Paul and Silas do during their imprisonment in Ephesus? They sang. And it says in Acts uh, 16.25, in there, Acts 16.25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Saints under persecution have sung during imprisonment, torture, and trials, and have taken seriously the command to rejoice in the Lord always. Richard Wombrand, one of my favorites uh, in the faith, uh, the founder of the Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, was imprisoned in Romanian prisons for 14 years, said this, While in jail, we sang. Once the director of the prison entered our cells, furious, I was told that you sing subversive songs here. Let me hear one. He commanded we sang these, song, these moving words, O sacred head now wounded, with grief and shame bowed down. He listened to the end, then turned and left without saying a word. Later, he became a brother in the faith. The current president of Voice of the Martyrs, Tom White, recounts his experience in a Cuba prison. He said, I started singing. I was no longer conscious of the cold, only of Jesus. I had entered the highest level of warfare against the enemy. Praise. Psalm 22.3 says that God inhabits our praises. He held my shaking body in his arms, he said. As the saints before us have done, let us sing to prepare ourselves to joyfully endure suffering and trials in the service of Jesus. Thirteenth reason I found is that it glorifies God. How many times in the scripture are we commanded to sing to him or unto him? It is one of the most often commanded things throughout the Psalms and prophets, even in into the New Testament, it is seen as one of the most normative acts of worship in the new community of Christ. The last and final reason is that you increase your joy. Singing increases your joy. James makes it clear that singing can and will increase our joy. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. James 5.13 says that. Singing is clearly linked to our Christian cheer. So sing and increase your joy in the Lord. Or on the other hand, don't sing, and you can stay in your sorrow. Never heard of sorrow of the Lord, have you? That's because it isn't a thing. Singing to the Lord is not something that we must resist, but rather submit to for our good and the glory of the Lord. simple way to apply these truths is to sing joyfully. For instance, don't skip the singing times in Sunday services. See, so many people just sitting down or not engaged or really truly not singing. Now, sometimes it's hard, I understand, to sing along with some of these songs. But for the most part, you ought to be at least in your mind making a melody to the Lord. In closing, I just want to make a few suggestions to you. Use what's out there. There's so many worship leaders, so many churches making music now. Go find those things. Go to Spotify. Use Spotify. Use Pandora. Use, use all the things accessible to you. YouTube has plenty of, of worship music out there. 
Go find something and, and listen and sing and use those things. Create playlists. Create something that can fill your mind with the Word of God, can fill your mind with worship. Do something. Be proactive in worshiping and singing. Make melody in your heart. Do that. Use the Word of God. Use little, take the scriptures and turn them into songs. Do those things. I encourage you. Men out there, I know men, sometimes it's real difficult for men to just sing. I encourage you, sing. Make melody in your heart to the Lord. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He saved us. So use your ragged voice because it's finished. So sing. Thanks for tuning in to this uh, Churchpreneurs podcast. You can find more information at my website, richardpmore.net. And I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. Or you can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at richardpmore23. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast, please reach out and use one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye-bye.